0: Welcome once again, Bears fans to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. I had plague uh so <laughs> we, so we haven't been around for a little bit um but uh I've somehow recovered from it i I'm pretty sure it was uh the bubonic plague, <laughs> just uh. Somehow
1: it, it sprung up from the 1500s or whatever. Yeah, based on what you were describing, it didn't sound pleasant, but. Glad, it was the Black Death. Yeah, glad you're back, and sorry we didn't get the episode out last week, but yeah, Tom was sick, and we just didn't do a recording. So hopefully you got your Bears content elsewhere, and the season kind of ended with a bit of a whimper because the Bears went up to Lambeau and. Just as the season started, they played another non-competitive game against the Packers. It wasn't as bad as the first week, but it was still pretty bad. It was pretty bad. At no point did you think that the Bears were going to win that game. I mean, there wasn't enough of a difference between Week 1 and Week 18 to make any discernible difference. Yeah, and the final score looked better than it should have been. The Packers made a couple of mistakes that cost them some points, but the Bears from the start, weren't in that game, and that's too bad because going into the game there were a lot of good vibes in the fan base, and it seems like those good vibes have saved Matt Eberflus' job because yep. that's the other thing we're going to react to today is that the Bears fire Luke Getze, but they retain Eberflus and the defensive staff, and I'll tell you, I don't like it. I don't like it either. Because we've gone over and over the reasons why this coaching staff has not been good enough, and... I was really hoping that Kevin Warren and Poles would have a different vision than what we've historically seen under Bozo the Clown Phillips and George (laughs) McCaskey, but it seems like they saw enough from Iberflus to say that it's justified to bring him back another year and... I don't think so. It feels like settling for mediocrity and it feels like just saying that good enough is good enough. Is that how you feel about it? That's that
0: sums it up pretty well. And, you know, when you look at history, that's the hardest part about trying to swallow this thing is that it it feels like it was building up to this. It doesn't feel like uh, anybody is being surprised uh, by the actions today. Um, And. Uh, while neither one of us have been a fan of getzy I, probably nobody in chicago wait what's going on here okay um nobody in chicago is surprised by the fact that that this is that this is happening that getzy was fired and while he's certainly deserved to be fired I, I just—it's it, hard to swallow the the giant pill of Eberflus keeps his job. We have to go find a new OC, and that new OC has to somehow piece together with a quarterback that's being presented to him. You know, a, a, a winning a winning strategy, and we've seen this. So many times
1: before in Chicago, it's it's hard to see that this is going to be a good thing. Yeah, I agree. And it feels like a big missed opportunity to me. And I understand the reason for it, because I don't think this season was a complete disaster. No. If I had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it a C, or a C-. minus. Yeah, I, I'd give it... No, I'd go maybe C+. plus. Yeah, they did improve. You saw a lot of development on the roster, but... It feels like you have such a good opportunity to really kick this thing into hyper into hyper speed because yeah you've got the first overall pick again. You've got another top ten pick. You've Which got, is
0: unreal,
1: right, right? You've got a ton of salary cap space. You've got a lot of good young players under contract. Why don't you want to go out and... His draft
0: classes are looking pretty good. Yeah, they
1: are. Why don't you want to go out and get the best coach that you can find to move this thing to the next level because whether it's Jim Harbaugh or whether it's Mike Vrabel or whether it's any number of other candidates that are at least in theory available right now I don't I can't think of one Bears fan that would sit down and make an argument to say that Matt Eberflus is the most qualified head coach that the Bears could find if they were doing a search today exactly and
0: Now uh, I was reading that Biggs said um, he thinks he thinks that Iberflus has a four-year deal. Mm -hmm. Apparently, no one knows, and Biggs actually asked asked him at the introductory at the introductory,
1: right? And they wouldn't say. And he wouldn't say, which is weird. But I think that's weird. But, I mean, a four-year contract for a head coach is not unheard of. It's not like Matt Eberflus is making, like, the Josh McDaniels money. No. I'm guessing Eberflus is getting a couple million bucks a year, and the Bears could certainly afford to move on from him if they wanted to. But it's just such a weird thing to me that Ryan Poles is saying, all right, going into year three of my master plan, when I've built up all these resources and – we're more than likely going to have a new quarterback. And we're going to have all this talent on our roster that I want all of that under the leadership of Matt Eberflus. And I mean, it, it comes down to, I was reading
0: somebody had said this, do you picture your head coach having uh, streamers and confetti coming down on him uh, holding the Lombardi trophy?
1: Yeah. like I want a coach that... Because <laughs> I don't see it. No. I, I want a coach that... On Monday morning, all the talking heads are talking like, man, the Bears are lucky to have that guy. Like, that's how people talk about Sean McVay or Mike Tomlin. I haven't heard anybody say anything anywhere close to that about Matt Eberflus. So, uh, I got got to throw this at you. Two
0: Bears offensive coordinators have lasted more than two seasons in the last 25 years, Ron Turner and John Shoup. Woo-hoo! The next hire will be the thirteenth OC in twenty six seasons. That's almost
1: impossible.
0: I, I mean it that was from Biggs today. He tweeted that out. It's just like, wow, are, I mean Can we make the problem any more plain than that? Didn't Dowell Loggins get three years?
1: Yeah, I think no, I thought he had two. Maybe he had two. I but had, I thought he had two. Yeah, I mean and a big part of that is because And he would seemed really like by default. Yeah, well, and that's then the problem, and that's going to be the problem again, <laughs> I think, is that the Bears always screw it up with their head coaches. For years, nobody wanted to take Lovey's offensive coordinator job because everybody thought if he had one more bad year, he was going to get fired. Right. Which is how you ended up with Mike Martz and Mike Tice right. and those ca- that cast of characters because nobody young and exciting wanted to take Lovey Smith's offensive coordinator job and same thing with John Fox. And now it's feeling like the same thing under Matt Eberflus. And I don't know if this is necessarily the same, because I do think this is going to be a good offensive coordinator job. You're going to have a good quarterback, hopefully, or a new quarterback at least. You're, pro- you're going to have DJ Moore and probably at least another highly touted receiver, if not two, through either free agency or the draft. And you get to be the head coach of the offense, because – it doesn't seem like Matt Eberflus is interested in being involved in the offense at all. It doesn't seem like he has a clue. So if somebody comes in here and takes all of the talent that's going to be here on offense and runs a top 10 offense next year, then that's a accelerated path to a head coaching spot. But that's not great for the Bears either, because then it's the same thing that we've talked about, which is that if that candidate is a viable head coaching candidate they're going to leave right
0: away. Right, and there's no way that a candidate that is going to come in for that OC position right now is not looking at that. It's impossible to look at that position and not and what that does is it like you said, it just narrows the field. It narrows the 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 amount of uh, the amount of proper candidates, the ones that we would really want to bring in. And you know, the the hardest part is, is that the NFL developed this new uh this new platform of OCs being the head coach. Yep. That that transformation has already come and gone. It's the standard now. And you and I both wanted well, we both wanted Dayball. But we, yeah. we we wanted to see an offensive mind come back in here again and run this thing. No, they chose to go defensive mind again. And they went with Eberflus. I remember saying on our own podcast, I was thinking about this today, that I thought it was kind of cool that this was towards the beginning of the season, maybe during the off season. that it was kind of cool that Eberflus seemed to be a head coach that was letting his coordinators do what they're supposed to do right. and stand back and be the head cheese. And I was digging that. Mm-hmm. But that certainly doesn't seem to be the... the, the, the the script anymore.
1: No, and that's because they had to fire the defensive coordinator, so... For what? It, yeah, we don't know. But <laughs> we have an idea. But going into the offseason, Matt Iberflus now has to hire two new coordinators, probably. Both of his coordinators fired him one a year. Yeah, it's not great. How does that not reflect on leadership? Well, yeah, b- and both were just complete failures. Because even... When Alan Williams... Complete. Even when Alan Williams was coaching, how was the defense? (laughs) It was not good. It wasn't good at all. So, (laughs) that's something to monitor throughout the offseason is, is Iberflus going to call the plays again next year, or is he going to hire a defensive coordinator? Because I think they're retaining all the defensive coaches.
0: I I was reading earlier um, from Biggs that, yeah, that is the word that he will be calling plays next year. All right.
1: Great. Great. And then... I don't know. If I had to guess, you brought up Frank Reich yeah. a couple of weeks ago. That seems to be the most likely choice for offensive coordinator. And, I mean, that's not a terrible name. It's not. It's not. It's
0: not a terrible choice. I, the only reason that we say it with a little sour is just because of how it's happening.
1: Well, and just the recent memories of Frank Reich are not good. He's been he's been <laughs> fired twice in the last 2 years. Oh, well there's that part of it too. <laughs> and, I mean, he he was one and done in Carolina, which is really hard to do. And Carolina's a train wreck. Wow. So, I don't I don't put that on him. And actually, if Bears fans do want to take comfort in something, all of the noise out of Carolina is that Reich wanted CJ Stroud and ownership wanted Bryce Young, which has turned out to be a good evaluation. Yeah. So, if reich is coming in and helping the bears select their new quarterback then that's at least one thing he appears to have gotten right uh
0: you know though um uh, bryce young's uh, actually seemed to pick it up a little bit in the last uh the last few games of the season yeah. so i mean you can't throw throw that kid out yet and say you know he's he, he's long gone but certainly um the the way that the reflection of what Wright did there and in Indianapolis are not
1: glowing reviews. No, and we don't even know if he wants to coach. Yeah, yeah we like, don't know that. That's another thing is that Bears fans have been throwing around all these names for coordinators, whether it's Frank Reich or Ron Rivera for the defense. It's like you're talking about guys that have been head coaches for five, six, you know, more than 10 years in Rivera's case. Yeah. We don't know if any of those guys want to come back and be coordinators they might, but they've all made enough money that they don't have to work or they could work in broadcasting or they could do something that's just a uh, easier lifestyle than being a coordinator for an NFL team. So we don't know if any of those guys are even interested. So yeah, and you know, coordinator is supposed to be a stepping stone. That's uh, that's what
0: most most of the coaches use it for. Is they use it as a way to get to that position so they can really get they get the they get the spotlight on them, right? Yeah. And then that
1: hopefully is the progression to to bring them to the head cheese. And my other question is who's hiring the coordinators? Because my understanding is that Iberflus hired his staff and both the coordinators he selected were complete failures. Yeah, and, I, I thought he's hired his staff too. And so is it this time going to be Iberflus plus Poles? Is it gonna be Iberflus and Poles and Warren? We don't know. I certainly don't trust Matt Eberflus to get it right. You know, and that's,
0: I've actually been asking myself that. It's like, how do we end up with something different? The same people are are putting the input uh, in on this decision. How do you end up with a different, uh, a different result?
1: Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It really is because we could have been having this same conversation in 2020 when they brought back Nagy or in 2017 when they brought back Fox And the other thing we haven't even touched on really is that let's say they do draft Caleb Williams or Drake May or J.J. McCarthy or Jaden Daniels or whomever, then you're sticking them under the Matt Eberflus regime, which again doesn't make sense. That's why it's always weird with the Bears. They can never get this timeline quite right where you have the GM, coach, and quarterback all brought in together. It's always mismatched in some way, and... I hope it works better this time than it has the last several times, but this just feels like such a Bears move where it's like they looked for every reason not to make a move when the opportunity was staring you right in the face because if they had fired Matt Eberflus today, people would have been lining up to take this head coaching job with the roster they've assembled and with the draft picks that they have available and with the salary cap room that they have available, plus the fact that it's the Bears. Like, this would have been arguably the best head coaching job on the market right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll phrase Prime. it. And I'll, I'll, I'll state the problem a different way, even. If the Bears had hu- fired Matt Eberflus today, would any other team be hiring him as the head coach? No. Would anyone even be I- interviewing him for a no. head coach? I don't think so either.
0: I, I, I don't think. Uh, I, I think uh, he would get
1: calls about defensive coordinator he sure would. <laughs> Which, is, is, Which is what he was. Seems like the job he's best at. Yeah. And, like, I, I hate to just drag Ibraflus through the mud. He seems like a very nice man. Yeah. And I think he probably is a decent coach. Yeah. Like, players seem to like him for the most part. Like I said a couple episodes ago, I think that he gets a bad rap because he's just so bad at public speaking. Yeah. And his job is not to motivate the fans, so if the players like him and the team did improve, then I don't think he's like the worst head coach we've ever seen. In fact, I, I know he's not. <laughs> he's probably better than any of the last three Bears head coaches, but I mean, I don't think he's great at this. I, I certainly would put him over at least Matt Nagy. He's <laughs> certainly better than Mark Trestman. Yeah, So true. But like you said, do I see Matt Eberflus holding the Lombardi Trophy someday? No. I don't either. And someday should not be that far off for this team. This team should be competing. That's the point. This team should be competing for a Super Bowl, like, even next year, I would say. You know, uh, I,
0: I looked at it as when this whole thing started as 2025. I I mean, legitimately, that's what I thought in my head. I thought 2024, division crown, you know, um, uh, uh, real seeding in the playoffs, not sneak in on a wild card, you know, so uh, I don't feel like, I feel like there are pieces, and I do feel like he has done some things that are good, but has he done the right things to keep that trajectory in the future? No. Yeah, I
1: want great. Like, I don't want good enough. Yeah. Like, this is the Chicago Bears, and the arrow is pointing up. I guarantee you, if you listen to a lot of national NFL content like I do, like, if the Bears have a good offseason, which I'm guessing they will, like, we're going to get to, like, August and September next year, and you're going to have national people saying, you know, the Bears, that's, if you look at that roster, that's kind of a sneaky pick to end up in the <laughs> NFC championship game. Right. And you know what? That's not off base, right? I mean. Right. They could have easily been a playoff team this year if they hadn't completely pissed three games down their leg. Yep. And next year, the team should be better. The the players actually said that in the last two days. Right. Like, next year, this roster should be really good. And they're not going to be a Super Bowl team next year, but would it surprise me if they won the division and won a playoff game next year? No. Not if they get the right breaks and if health goes their way. But... I expectations dictate that we should be looking for that next year. Yeah, we should be, and we will be. And trust me, come September, Bears fans are going to be really excited. There's going to be a lot of new players here, and there's going to be a lot of high draft picks, and there's going to be some exciting free agents. And we'll all be really excited come September for the Bears. But it's just going to be in the back of my mind all offseason that they got the coach wrong again and that they settled for – Someone settled. that's mediocre. That's it. Settled. Yeah. Like, how much better would it feel if they had decided that we're going to go out and throw $10 million a year at Ben Johnson? Yeah. Or we're going to go and pull Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan. Or, like, da- if you dare to dream, like, whoever you think the best head coach on the market is, the Bears could have gotten that coach. And instead, we're going to move forward with Matt Eberflus. And that just kind of feels like a big, you know, eh. Kind of a- it,
0: it 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 totally does. It feels like okay, yeah, you know, he earned tri- he earned another try. We got to give him the good old try. Right. You know, and and you know, you got to convince another person that has to take over a significant portion of the team to come in with that there. And I just that's the part I don't see how you attract the top talent with that there. And it's not, it's not a secret. <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not playing the CIA here. Right. Everybody knows this. So that's, that's a problem.
1: Well, and now the other thing is that you better not fire him after next year. Right. If, if you're bringing him back now, he better be your guy for the next two, three, four years. That, yep. That better be how they're thinking about it. They can't be going into next season thinking, "Well, we'll evaluate it one more year, and if next season doesn't go well, then he's gone like no apparently um, uh, when
0: biggs was was talking about uh Eberflus's contract, you know he he like like I said, he suspects that it's a four year deal, apparently that's supposed to kind of get i don't know spread out there, so it looks like you know the person coming in isn't playing under a lame duck head coach again, like we've seen so many times before.
1: Yeah, but these guys aren't dumb. <laughs> they they know. They all get it. Like, hey man, it sounded good coming out. Like if if the Bears go six and eleven next year, like he's fired. <laughs> You're fired. So I, I don't know. Like I I'm not inspired. I'm happy they made the move at offensive coordinator. That needed to happen. We'll see what happens with the quarterback. But the head coaching decision, to me, just lets some air out of the sails. And it really does. I, I do think the arrow for this team is pointed up. But I also think that the second-half record was bolstered very much by the fact that they were playing a lot of just dead-ass teams. Yeah,
0: um, it was a, to me, it was a confluence of several things. Um, Yes, uh, we'll give Eber his due. He did communicate well with his defense, and his players were playing hard for him. But he did have some significant things happen for him. One, the like you said, the schedule. Two, Montez Sweat. Right. I mean, that was a significant addition. I... I thought for sure that we were going to end up with Chase Young, which I was pretty happy about that, because that rumor had been going on since uh, offseason, that one, at least one of those guys was going to be gone, because the commanders could not afford to sign both of them. Now it was expected at that point that Sweat, that sweat would stay in Washington and Young would be the one. So when we got Sweat, I was, I was ecstatic. Yeah. you know, and it turned out to be a great thing. and it really, uh, you know, obviously, uh, flus knew how to use him well in his in his defense because sweat had a con a, a, a sweat had a career year. So you know that that part is great. but you got to have your head coach be more than your defensive coordinator. And it just seems way too much like, fitting a hand to glove that he just slid back into his defensive coordinator
1: role and it's like that's all well and good, but that's not what your job is, buddy. Yeah, and we also saw this defense put up a lot of numbers against really bad quarterbacks.
0: Really bad quarterbacks.
1: Like, the best offense that they saw after the sweat trade was this last week in Green Bay. Yeah. And they were terrible. And they were
0: terrible. Um and let's not hey let's not forget um the Cleveland Browns, and Joe Flacco throwing for 218 yards in the fourth quarter.
1: Yep, and same with Jared Goff in yeah. that in that, in that second double-digit game that they blew in the second half. Yeah. I mean, they got some turnovers in that game, but number one, the Lions kind of went through a bit of a slump in the second half, and number two, when Goff got it going in that game up in Detroit, he tore them apart. Yep. So, look, the defense, I think, is good, but – we didn't see them going against Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Yeah, they're not and, ready to the Super Bowl yet. To, like, they were putting up numbers against Josh Dobbs and Goff outside <laughs> and Desmond Ritter, right? Or I Taylor sorry, Heineke. Heineke. So, right. look, I was happy that we saw some improvement. I think Montez Sweat was a great addition. I think the defense should be really good next year. Yeah. But. Assuming that they sign Jalen Johnson. Yeah, and health is the other big thing. How long did we think that the 2018 Bears were going to have this great defense for? Oh, it turned out that Khalil Mack got hurt and Eddie Jackson got hurt. It turned out to be really a short win. Yeah, and that's what happens. Like, great defenses don't last that long because of injuries and because of player attrition and because of contracts. So, look. Speaking of which,
0: I have to divert your attention. Because this popped into my head, and it could be entirely in my head. But I wanted to get your take on Jalen Johnson missing the Packer game. Yeah. And the reason is is because it seemed mighty convenient that he missed that game.
1: Well, and he had said earlier in the week that he expected to play. So I don't know if he just couldn't get cleared or what. But do you think that he was sitting out just as kind of a contract leverage play? Well,
0: not so much that, but if you think about it, what did it benefit him to play in that game? Zero. Zero.
1: Well, look how bad. Now, if he
0: gets seriously hurt in that game, it would make his contract negotiations dive, right? right. But he doesn't play in that game, and he ends up going into the off season nice and healthy, he just had by far his best year in the NFL. He is prime now. Of course, the Bears hold his key because all they have to do is slap the franchise tag on him, and he ain't going nowhere. Or they could, you know, uh, go ahead and trade him at that point, right?
1: Well, and I'll put it the other way too. I mean, look at how poorly the defense played without him. It was it was horrid. It was it was probably the worst passing game in at least six, six to eight games, I mean, if you told me that there was a component of that that was a business decision, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if his agent got on his phone on his phone with the Bears and said, "Look, not happening, guys. yeah, like, my guy's not going out there. your season's over, so I don't want to speculate on that. I'm sure he wanted to play, but I wouldn't even blame him if he was like, "You know, my shoulder hurts yeah I'm not, I'm not going out there and risking." Further injury for a meaningless game. Yeah,
0: and and I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to dog on the guy here. I'm not trying to say that you know he was trying to be uh, slippery like an eel. Right. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like like you just said right now. You know, if if it was if he was even a little dinged up, it just makes no sense for him to go out and play that game.
1: Well, and there were a lot of guys that didn't play that had been. I mean, Lucas Patrick was out for the last game. Um, he was? They had, they had a couple. Of, who else missed? I'm, I'm blanking on that. But, yeah, I mean, that happens in the NFL. Once your season ends in terms of making the playoffs, like guys that have been fighting through injuries are like, you know, off season is right around the corner. Right, right. So. And, and the
0: thing is is that, you know, he is. He's UFA right now. And so how, you know, to me, like you said, with how badly the defense played on Sunday, um, I was trying to look up the numbers. Jordan Love passed, I think for over 80% completion rate.
1: Oh yeah. It was effortless, you
0: know, so, um, they didn't punt. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's just, it was, it was absolutely an abject failure. And, when you don't have one of your best players on your defensive side of the ball not playing, it was pretty obvious. So, I think, uh, you know, Poles really has to make that a top priority.
1: Yeah, I mean, that game exposed a lot, I think, because the Bears had been playing well against bad teams, and I think vibes were really good, and fans' expectations were really high going into that game, and... Yeah. The Packers just dominated, and I think that it was a nice dose of reality to say, yes, this team has gotten better throughout the year, but they're still pretty far away. And you saw it in a lot of places. You saw it in the Bears' defensive pass rush. You saw it in the secondary, and you also saw it on offense with the blocking and with the offensive production in general. I mean, the offensive line was terrible. Yeah, 84.4% completion rate. Yeah, that's too high. <laughs> so Jalen Johnson being out has a lot to do with that. Montez Sweat was really quiet. I think they had one sack, right? And that was Demarcus Walker. Yeah, I think it was one. So, bad game all I around. I mean,
0: and, and you know, we we don't want to troll on the, on the Packers game because, you know, we all go through that with collective pain. Um, it, I was, you know, I, I knew it was going to be ten in a row, and and it was, uh, and and but I I hadn't realized it was fourteen of fifteen on top of it. So, uh, yeah. to me, um, you know, the what you have to be looking at as as polls as Warren as Bieberflus is our number one priority is beating that team. It's still one of the coolest things I ever saw. Um, in Bears history, was Lovie Smith being a brand new coach, stepping to the microphone and saying the first thing we have to do is beat the Packers. I mean, I still think that that should always be our mindset. Always. Well, the problem is now, though,
1: the Packers aren't even the class of the division anymore. Well, like the, and you the know, the Lions they, won the division, they, so. they, 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 they did.
0: I don't know whether I think that the Lions are better, though, than the Packers.
1: I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. And the Packers certainly have been the class of the division. I mean, they've won it more often than anybody else over the last 20 years. And I agree with you. I mean, you're only going to go as far. like Until you start getting back to at least the level of the teams in your same division, Like that has to be goal number one, is you need to be competing for this division next year. Yes. Because we finished last... Too many times. Yes. And it's enough. And I'm sick of every year going into every division game as an underdog. Every single one. And I think they went, what, two and four this year? Yeah. Which was an improvement. Yeah. But...
0: And they, they could have won the other um, the
1: other Lions game, they, but... They could have won both Vikings games, too. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were in them, but it's time to start winning them. And I... Again, going back to the original topic of this conversation, don't think that this coaching staff is going to be the one to get them back to the class of the division because I think very clearly they've got the fourth best coach in the division right now. Yeah. I don't even know if it's close.
0: And that right there um, is another thing is I I like – I like us to look at the at the division because those are the teams that we're playing twice a year. So they have the heaviest effect on your chances of winning a division crown, of going to the playoffs, of seeding, of everything, right? Not to mention that you always want to beat the guys around you. That's at any level of football, isn't it? Right. Any level of sports for that matter. So do we look like a team that goes into 2024 and competes for a division crown
1: they they're gonna have the roster to do it i think this roster next to you is gonna be really good but i think that they would be in a better position with a better coach i do too and i would rather them have taken a swing at an unknown like we talked about ben johnson earlier he seems to be the yes. hottest candidate on the market and he could be awful like he could, could be he could take a job and be terrible but i would rather take a shot at somebody that could be great Mm -hmm. And for a year, we thought we had that with Matt Nagy. Like, if you go back to the The off-season after the double-doink, and remember what Matt Nagy was doing? He was, like, on the... he, He was touring the country. Yeah. Like, giving speeches, and he was giving commencement addresses. And, man, we thought that we had gotten it figured out, and that disappeared. We were finally on the right path. But... That's Okay, what,
0: so we, we took it on the chin right there
1: at the playoffs, but we were going to come back and we were playing the Packers in week one. Yeah, and we are going to win the Super Bowl. We were going to win the Super Bowl. Like People were betting Mitch Trubisky to win MVP. So Man. I mean, nobody next year is going to be betting Matt Eberflus to win Coach of the Year. No. So, I think, look, we've talked about it for 30 minutes now we've talked about it for several episodes over the course of the season. I think they got the decision wrong and I hope that they prove me wrong. And I hope that next year the bears win 13 games and we can point to some genius maneuvering that Matt Eberflus makes in several Everybody games out there can call victory. out this episode. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> my confidence level in that happening is pretty low. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. I think he's, probably not a special head coach and I wish they had taken a shot at a special head coach but they're not going to so unless you've got anything more we can move on to a couple of preliminary thoughts on the off season.
0: yeah I mean I just um I I, I wish we could talk a little bit more about the about you know who they'll look at OC but I have no clue at this point and i From what I've read, it it, nobody nobody else does either. I I think it's far too early in the process, but um, I would expect them not to drag their feet on this. Yeah, Um, I
1: think we'll know soon.
0: Yeah, I I would I would think within a week.
1: Maybe I mean it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's going to be Frank Reich if they just know if if that's announced. It it wouldn't surprise me even one bit either. So that's if I had to bet. That's
0: why I threw that out there is because it was just I mean the, the
1: timing is is part of it. Well, they know like Reich and Eberflus know each other. Reich, I think, is unlikely to get another head coaching job, so that's an advantage. Is if he comes in here and does well, I don't know that he'll get another chance to be the top guy. But of course, we saw how well Reich did in his
0: last stops with the quarterbacks he was given. But y- yep. That's a whole nother
1: We'll do a whole nother episode just on that. Yeah. So I think we'll know that. I, I assume they'll also hire a defensive coordinator. That title might be nominal if Iberflus is going to continue calling the plays. But I'm assuming they'll do that, and they're keeping Hightower, right? the Special teams coach. I didn't see. I something. haven't
0: seen anything on him, so I'm I'm assuming yes. All right. Even though the we were dead last in punt. Yeah. So. Uh, hopefully, maybe we'll draft uh, Taylor from
1: Iowa, though. Yeah, they already drafted one punter, and he's not good. So. He, is, he, is, he literally was dead last. So, <laughs> so right. I, I think they have to work
0: on that. They need, they need to draft um, uh, a new punter and also a returner, right? I mean, whoever that schlock guy was that they picked up, um, is his name? No, Taylor, right?
1: Yeah, Trenton Taylor. Yeah, he is terrible. Yeah, he's not good.
0: Um, they they need a, they they've got to completely revitalize the, the punt return team. Um, it, that's just it's just not good enough. Nope. Uh, they uh, that is that's going to be a major um, a, a major fix. Uh, the The one thing they did get right is Cairo Santos signed signed his new deal.
1: Hey. So, yeah,
0: I mean, that's cool. We don't have to worry about that. There are a few teams out there that are
1: seriously struggling with that right now. So Yep, so I guess next point, now that we've seen all of the body of work from the quarterback position, what's your prediction?
0: Well, um, so Jim and I have talked about this about a million times. Um, I, I love Justin Fields, but I just – I don't I, – I see him – as needing to take a very good sized step yet in his progression uh, because he still struggles uh, in finding receivers. He still struggles in holding the ball too long. He still struggles with, fo- with, uh, with um, fumbling. And the other, the other part is his accuracy level is still bad. His, his number on the year was sixty percent that's not good enough
1: yeah
0: um so the thing is and and that is and that is he had sixty percent on like twenty sixth in attempts yeah. so <coughs> pardon me so that has all of those things this new offensive coordinator is gonna is gonna have to
1: address if he's even around <laughs> i still think that they're going to draft Caleb Williams. Do you? I do. I, And, look, I don't know, right? <clears throat> I, I'm i not and, – and they probably don't know because I'm sure they have an idea of which quarterbacks they like and which ones they don't based on the tape. But they still have to go through the whole thing where they go through the pro days and the combine and they have to sit down with all of these different quarterbacks and learn everything that they know uh, that they can about their – private life and they're going to do all the background checks so i'm sure that the bears don't even know yet what quarterback they're going to definitely agree with starting next year but i think that they're going to draft one i just think that it makes sense to restart the quarterback clock and i think that we've seen enough limitations in fields game that it doesn't feel like that's the quarterback that's going to lead them to the promised land anymore and I take no joy in saying that because we've seen him be great at times but we've also seen him be terrible at times and I think that they're going to want to take their guy and they're going to want to start over and they're going to say that if we drop this quarterback into a offense that's got a pretty good offensive line and that's got DJ Moore and Cole Komet and Michael Pittman or whatever receiver they bring in that we're going to be building a really nice nest for a quarterback that we're taking first overall. I I think that's where this ends up, and Bears fans are going to be unhappy because I think Justin Fields' approval rating is pretty high. It is. But Bears fans will also be really excited if there's a first overall quarterback penciled in at QB1 on the depth chart on the first day of training camp. So I I think that's where we're going.
0: Well, I'll I'll tell you this. um, For... Just for information, I decided to go and watch highlights of um, some of your top candidates. I watched highlights of Caleb Williams, I watched highlights of Jaden Daniels, and I watched uh, highlights of uh, Drake May. Um, Drake May, uh, very strong arm. Uh, he, You can tell the part that he's going to have to work on when he comes into the NFL is his touch uh you know accuracy and touch are going to be things that cuz he's got so much power um he's a little raw uh but he he's coming from a team you know part of it is how good of the teams so they are they coming from and North Carolina is not very good so he made quite a bit happen with not very much around him yep. um also that USC team that Caleb Williams was around not very good not very good um, but I'll tell you, watching his throwing motion and his accuracy is what makes all of the hype around him a little bit more understood. His, throw, his throwing motion is almost like the cocking of a 12-gauge shotgun, and he has such a flat ball when he throws it, and it's, it, I swear, it's laser-guided. Um, he really does throw an amazing pass. Uh, now, I'm not a big fan of his size, but that's a whole other conversation. But I was, I was. I was pretty impressed by what I saw in his throwing motion. Um, Jaden Daniels, I like his numbers. He had the best deep ball in the NCAA this year. But this kid has two highlights. Throwing the ball 50 yards or running. <laughs> that's his two choices. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to deal into that. He's also skinny as a rail. So that part was... Uh... So after I watched those three guys, I went and decided to watch Justin Fields at Ohio State. Because I was like, oh, I just watched their college, their, their college highlights. Let me watch Justin's again. So I went and watched him. For one thing, one thing I immediately noticed, Justin Fields had a wall in front of him when he played (laughs) at Ohio State. No one came close to him when he played there. So it was probably a pretty rude awakening when he got on the field played. It's probably still a rude rude awakening when you think about the offensive line he plays behind. The other thing is, he had receivers that caught everything, every single ball. I mean, Chris
1: Olave, Garrett Wilson. Yes,
0: yeah. and he was throwing to them like constantly. So it really, he really went from a protected, I, I'm just throwing that word out there, protected environment, to something where he really had to, you know. I mean, he has to work for every single thing that he does. Now, all that said, I just, uh, I, I, it was it was easy to see why he fell in the draft that he went in yeah. and that while a lot of people said at that time he was a product of the system uh-huh. now it's a it, you know when you look when you put context into it from this from this time you you're like well that was partially true but at at the same time he's made himself into a pretty damn good pro and we do think if you give him a better offensive coordinator and you do give him a better offensive line, and you do give him better receivers. He will improve, but will he improve enough to win the Super Bowl? And that's where he loses me.
1: Well, and that's been the shame in all of it, is that we're three years into it, and we still don't know for sure. Right. Because there's just so many ifs, because the Bears have screwed this all up so badly with their coaching hires. Inept. Yeah, exactly. And... Matt Nagy, that might have been the worst attempt at developing a quarterback I've ever seen. It was terrible. The only other one that I can think of that comes close is Urban Meyer. <laughs> so, and, and then we just... Who was fired. Just, yeah, and then we had to go through the last two years with Getze. So we didn't get to see Fields mentored by a Sean McVay or a Kyle Shanahan or anybody anywhere close to that. So They
0: figured somebody or a combination of somebody's decided that Getse was good enough of being a quarterback's coach to be an offensive coordinator, which obviously we can look back and say, no, he wasn't.
1: Yeah, I think that Aaron Rodgers decided that. (laughs) I think that Aaron Rodgers did decide that. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest failure of all of this, is that nothing would surprise me with Justin Fields still. If they trade him to Atlanta and he goes out, and wins the MVP next year, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think it's likely. I would. I would say on the it's not likely. It's not likely, but I wouldn't be stunned if depending on who Atlanta. I think I
0: probably would be stunned if I, he
1: won the MVP. But I wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if he went out and did have a really good year.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at all. I wouldn't be I also wouldn't be surprised if he goes there and is terrible. Like <laughs> we we still don't know. Yeah, they
0: and they're loaded. I mean. Kyle Pitts and Drake London. And, and they're going to hire a new coach.
1: John sure. Robinson. By the way, happy trails, Arthur Smith. <laughs> friend, of, friend of the show. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. <laughs> Fat ass. <laughs> Bum. So, I mean, I think that it's too bad. But I going back to the opportunity that I'm talking about, they do still have an opportunity to start from scratch with a new quarterback and with a good offensive coordinator. Now – How long whoever that offensive coordinator will be here for, that remains to be seen. But I do think that if they make a good OC hire and if they draft a good quarterback, then that still has an opportunity to be really exciting because I think that your development starting from day one matters a lot. And there's no better example of that than Justin Fields because I think the Bears screwed him up. And I don't think he's ever fully realized his potential here because of incompetent coaching. I,
0: I just had a flashback of you and I sitting right here and talking about Mac uh about Luke Getze. Um, oh, are we gonna be able to keep him longer than one year? If he <laughs> does what what we think he's gonna do with with Justin Fields this year? Remember that? Yeah. So
1: no. um yeah, that didn't happen. We didn't, but <laughs> we didn't. We didn't keep him for very long, but not for good reasons. Yeah. So you know,
0: um, so that's obviously going to be the biggest question. How that plays uh, with the draft will be interesting to see because I don't. I, I don't. I'm still in limbo. I, I can't decide whether I think that they will draft a quarterback or not. Um, you know, I. I I certainly was in the camp of either all in on Justin Fields or draft a new guy. And that doesn't look like it's going to happen. And now it seems like there's this flood of keep Justin Fields and then
1: also draft a guy. Yeah, and I don't love it. I don't either. It... Especially if you're taking the quarterback in the first round, like what I would rather them do in that scenario, is trade Justin and then pay a legit backup or someone to come in and compete. And yeah. Those guys will be out, and they're not going to excite. They're not going to be exciting names. You can go out and get Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. or you can go out and get Andy Dalton again. Yeah. Like somebody that you can at least put out there and they can be competent if the quarterback you draft isn't ready on day one. And I think the thing that complicates it further is that the locker room loves Justin Fields. Yeah. So if you've got Fields plus rookie here, I don't think that's really the best environment for your rookie. So, And I don't think it's the best environment for Justin Fields because the no. second he makes a mistake, you know the fans at Soldier Field are going to start chanting for J.J. McCarthy or Michael Penix or whoever it was that they have backing up Fields to start the year. So... I hope that's not the route they go down if they take a quarterback in the first round. Now, if you want to say that we're going to keep Justin and we're going to have our backup quarterback be somebody that th- we take in the third round, I don't love that either, but I could maybe... Yeah, but g- then you might as well have your backup be Bajan. Yeah, I think you can find somebody better. <laughs> Bajent <laughs> they, they, I think, is third string Next year, if he's on the team at all, he's just I I I don't think he's an NFL quarterback right now. If
0: if they if they want if they want to you know draft another quarterback, that I'm all for that. Um, but it's like you said, if if they're gonna really draft a quarterback and make use of the number one overall pick, which we got to remember is like lightning striking. Right. Um, you know with the rareness of the occurrence of that uh we really either need to just dive in and do it and trade Justin right uh because yeah otherwise you you're going to be looking at the uh you're going to be looking at the waiver wire to see who's available as a veteran um you know you dra- like you said you draft a guy in the second round or the third round um there but we don't even know how you know at this point how many quarterbacks will go in, in the first there could be
1: as many as 7 it's going to be a lot um, well and if you're Justin Fields why would you want to hang around for that
0: i i mean i think that would be shitty to do to
1: him yeah and i get it's not his choice like they don't have to trade him and he's under contract but if you're him and the Bears draft a quarterback in the top ten, you're like, trade me somewhere else where I can have another opportunity. Yeah. Like, why do I want to hang around here for ten games and just be waiting the entire season for my job to get taken? Like, that's just not I, I agree with you. Like, that's just not a good situation for anybody. Yeah. I hope that's not the route they go. Um
0: I don't think they will though. I I, I polls Hole strikes me as the kind of guy, um, and I think if I if I dug, I can find some instances of this already where it's like, if you're if you're not gonna be the player that um, for the Bears, I'm gonna let you go so you can go find another spot. Yeah, he doesn't seem like the I'm gonna just hang on to you for a while and, until the last minute and then
1: release you. And also, right. I mean, I think Justin would get a pretty decent return in the trade market. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, I think he would. I mean, look at some of the guys who played quarterback this year.
1: Right. I do think a difference in this off season is that if they do trade the pick, I'm not expecting that to happen as early this year because of what you said with the quarterback mania that's yeah. about to happen. I mean, I can list – seven guys off the top of my head that I think are likely to go in the first round. Yeah. And we know quarterbacks in years like this fly up the board. Yeah. Because just take one look at the quarterback situation in the NFL this year. It was insane. It was as bad as I think I've ever seen. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of teams that are looking to. I mean, we talked about Joe Flacco. Yeah. And he was like, (laughs) and Joe Flacco was like this in the top half of the league by the end of it. I mean, look at some of these people that were starting games. That's insane. So Jake Browning. Yeah. And people talked about Jake Browning like,
0: yeah, Jake Browning. It's like, who? I, I've never heard of that
1: guy. The Falcons were trying to save their season by alternating between Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. Wow. Another uh, hat tip to our buddy Arthur Smith. Great decision yeah. making. But there's going to be a rush on quarterbacks in this draft. So that draft pick that the Bears hold is just going to get more and more and more valuable. Whether it's justified or not, because we just know teams are going to be looking to take shots at quarterbacks. And that team,
0: that team could specifically want Justin Fields, because you know Pace is there. He drafted him, and that's Justin's home. He's from Georgia.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That would be a it, it, that would be a, a very logical fit, especially because Ryan Pace still works there. And as far uh, as we know, right? I think he's still there. Yeah, he's still there.
0: I think. And um, and uh, there's actually some. Pretty nice offensive weapons there. Um, so, but regardless of of what they of what they do with that, um, they, it, it I, I am so interested to see if they make use of that of that pick or trade down. Um, I am not one of the people that feels that they'll get three point blank first round picks. I think they'll they'll get. Uh, Yeah, they'll get two additional. They'll swap the first one, and then they'll get two additional. Um, And then I could see them, you know, uh, polls is looking like, you know, with what he did with DJ Moore, that worked out so well. you got to think he would go back to that again and be like, oh, I've got a spot over here that's got a gap in it. You know what? You're a perfect trade partner because... You've got this young veteran available. I want him too,
1: and then like a two. Well, think, so. think about some of the teams that are at the top of the draft. I mean, yeah. if, if you make a trade with New England. There's some junk. Yeah, for example, New England could be picking first overall next year. Yeah. So if you get their first round pick next year, we could be talking about this again. I mean, they're awful. They're awful. And I think Belichick. Make them a trading partner. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I were them, I'd try to trade down twice. I would try to trade with Washington and New England. Because <laughs> both those teams are awful, so they said he almost pulled it off last year. That would be awesome. So he gets a second swing at it for sure, and it, it, that wouldn't surprise me. Especially if they're not in love with Caleb Williams, because I think Caleb Williams is very likely to be the first overall pick in the draft. Yeah, no matter who's picking. So if you don't want him, but you still want a quarterback, you could trade the first pick, and you could trade Fields. Yeah. So it's all on the table. The Bears are. Last year we. We all said that the Bears controlled the off season. Mm-hmm. Like it's even more, even more so. true this year. Yeah. Just because I think the first round pick or the first overall pick, sorry, is more valuable. Yeah. And they've got another pick in the top ten, which they didn't last year, and they've still got all their salary cap space.
0: Yeah. And there's there there's um there's
1: easily uh there's a, a way that he could like literally set up a whole grid. I mean, he could just get a draft haul for the next two years like nothing we've ever seen before it's an exciting time i am fascinated to see what they do with it and we're gonna spend the next four months leading up to the draft talking about every possible scenario that we can think of i mean the number of hypotheticals that'll be thrown out on this podcast is going to be unprecedented (laughs) but it's all on the table. Like, if you told me they're going to draft Caleb, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me that they're going to trade back and take Marvin Harrison, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me that they're targeting one of those premier left tackles, I wouldn't be surprised by that either. I mean, there's so many, different situa- or, uh, so many different scenarios that this could go. I am excited to see what they do. I just wish that whatever the end result is going to be would be led by a better coach. But, yeah, you know, I think we've covered that, unfortunately, and it's not our decision. So,
0: I wanted to read this one to you. There have only been 12 3,000-yard passing seasons in Chicago history. That's over a 100 years. Not great. Love eclipsed the 4,000-yard mark in his first season as starter, and it's the 18th 4,000-yard season in Green Bay history. Now, the only reason I'm reading 18th, that... 4,000 yards? 18th, 4,000 yard and, season. And we've had 12, 3,000 yards. Yes. Okay. No 4,000 yards. So, now Justin Fields, before this season, actually said on camera, yeah. I am going over 4,000 yards this year. Yeah. I, I would have bet money on it. Um, but uh, I... What I, from what you saw in his play this year, do you think he, if we bolster the line and, you know, get him the right guy and get him some help at receiver, do you, do you see that out of him? No. I, I, I just, I, that's the problem I have is that I don't see his, his ultimate
1: ceiling being that high as a passer. I mean, the the problem is that there's just too much inconsistency. If you told me that we could take the best 20% of Justin Fields, then absolutely. But we <laughs> we see too many other times where he's holding the ball too long, he's taking ill-advised sacks, he's fumbling, he's missing open guys. So do I think his numbers would look a lot better? Yes, but... 4,000, four thousand, five thousand yards, I, I just haven't seen it in evidence that he can be consistent enough to get to that level.
0: Yeah, and at a certain point, polls, he does strike me as the kind of guy that can be calculating and look at it and say and separate the heart and the emotion out of it yeah. and say I like Justin Fields. I think he's a good guy. I like that he really tries as a player and he puts himself out there every single day. But I don't think he can get me as me being my team, our team together enough to get to the
1: point that he needs to be in the passing game. And it's just an unfortunate situation for Fields because if, The Bears were picking 15th. We're not having this conversation. But because they got the number one overall pick, not based on their own incompetence, but based on Carolina's incompetence, they've got an opportunity to go get the best quarterback in the draft, and that doesn't come along every day. I think they said we're nine with the second one? Yeah. Nine. So two top ten picks. Yeah. And I think that, look, players in the locker room might be upset and fans might be upset, but everyone understands. And – Come day one of next year, if they move on from Justin and have a rookie quarterback, the locker room will be behind that guy. Right. Unless he's an ass. Right? So, I'm not worried about it. I'm glad that Justin Fields is loved by his teammates. And if they move on from him, he's going to be loved by whatever locker room he goes into next. Yeah. And that's great. I'm not... I Bears fans, if Justin Fields goes to Atlanta, Bears fans should be rooting for him to do well. Absolutely. If he didn't do anything wrong here. He's just victim of bad circumstance and that's more on the bears than it is on him in my opinion but that's just the way it's all worked out and if he gets another opportunity somewhere else i hope he does well
0: um friend of the show chris uh he commented to me um that he he has two sons and that he would like his sons to be like justin fields
1: yeah
0: i mean that to me that's a pretty powerful statement and uh, his younger son Xavier is uh, really pretty young, good young football player. So um, it, it just I, I think that that says a lot about what Fields puts out there as a person, as a man. Yeah. And you know that's why I feel so bad about how this whole thing has transpired and we've ended up where we are right now, because I I. I am with you in the fact that I just don't see how bringing a guy in and that's, your you know, hedging your bet against Fields, th- that just seems like such a shabby thing to do.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't think it works. I, I just don't. I think that it's bad for everybody if you do it that way, and I I think that they understand that. I'd be really surprised if that's the path they go.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I think for right now um, we have to look at it as there's we're in that gap of waiting to see what uh, happens with the with the OC position. Um, If they do bring in an OC, or when they do bring in an OC, what what do you think that you think that they wait until almost the draft before they make any kind of move? On OC? No, um, on what they do at quarterback.
1: Yeah, I do. I I think that they're going to go through the pre-draft process. They're going to figure out if they truly want to draft one of these quarterbacks. And then I think they'll hold their chips as long as they can because I think teams are going to be really quarterback-hungry leading up to the draft. And I think that both fields and the draft pick will just go up in value. So I think that they're going to wait as long as they can. It wouldn't surprise me if they make those moves on draft day, like during the draft.
0: Well, um, you know it's interesting because what Paul said last year easily applies to this year. Last year he said I didn't want to draft a quarterback unless it absolutely blew me away. Right mm-hmm. now, none of the guys did apparently. Um, even though C.J. Stroud, you know, certainly looked like uh, that he could be the real deal. Um, it also brings up how do you pass on? if you pass again this year and you stick 100% with fields what happens at the end if we don't see the kind of the kind of change and you see another one of these young guys come in and have the kind of season that stroud
1: does or better you know where does that leave the bears then you've missed it twice yeah and you missed your chance because the Overwhelming likelihood is that you're not going to be picking first overall again next year, right? Or second overall. So, yeah, I think that this off season is either going to sink or swim this front office. I think. I mean, it, it really could. If if next year's a disaster, then I think the whole front office is probably gone. If next year's great, then they're all getting contract extensions, and they're gonna be around for a long time but to your point if they decide to stick with justin and justin is more of the same and if one or two of these rookies looks great and the bears passed on him and then for the second year in a row you've draft you've passed on a uh, really really promising rookie quarterback that does really well in his first season then that's the kind of decision that gets you fired so like none of this is going to be an easy decision We've said before that we're glad we're not the ones that have to ultimately make it, but that's why you make the big bucks, and I, I hope they get it right. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, that's it for uh, this week. Um, thanks uh, once again for listening to us, Give them the stuff.
1: Yeah, follow us on Twitter, at bears underscore scat. We'll be with you throughout the offseason, and it's going to be a busy one. Um, it's going to be a lot to cover, and it's going to be a fun Few months leading up to the draft, so like I, I said, speculation is going to be running rampant. So <laughs> one thing is, is we are in kind, kind of in control. Yeah. So that that part is kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's going to be weird next year when like the Bears are kind of just back in a normal off season where they're picking like hopefully like in the twenties. <laughs> in the twenties. Yes, yeah, please. It's, it's going to be like a couple off seasons in a row where it's just been like non stop speculation, and it's just going to be like. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be kind of boring, but we'll (laughs) worry about that next year. Hopefully our draft pick is very, very high next year, like in in terms of being late in the first round, I mean. Right. Bear down. Talk to you next time. Thanks, everyone.